Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, or wherever you are, good afternoon, or good evening. This is Mark Morell, a.k.a. Mark Knight. I am one half of that illustrious tag team known as Wrestlers with Experience. And today, <clears throat> well, in this episode, I'm finally going to get around to doing something that I was supposed to do. But I really hadn't had the chance to do so due to the fact that my focus has been more on what's been happening in the Japanese scene when it comes down to dealing with the um, COVID-19 um, outbreak pandemic that's been going on around the world um, the last couple of weeks, months, and what have you. And um, what I hadn't done was give insight on what's going on in the National Wrestling Alliance. Now, one of the things that I am charged to cover while recording this podcast is to bring you guys insight as to what's going on in the National Wrestling Alliance. I would also focus on classic matches from the National Wrestling Alliance and um, some of the heroes, <clears throat> past and present, of the National Wrestling Alliance. I'll get into talking about some of the uh, great champions from the 70s, the 80s, um, what the company has done in the 90s to stay afloat, um, how the belt was able to stay afloat in Japan for some time in the uh, 90s, um, the stamp of the National Wrestling Alliance, and where it's, what it's been doing in the on the indies uh, within the, those years, and of course, what's been happening down in the 2000s and now with the um, advent of um, Impact Wrestling, uh, the advent of uh, their appearance in the ECW, some of their appearance in the WWE, and of course their um, appearance down in Mexico for CMLL. <clears throat> Pardon for a cough, ladies and gentlemen. But one of the things I am going to talk about is the resurgence of the National Wrestling Alliance and what they're doing to this present day. So what we're going to do is we're going to focus today on what the National Wrestling Alliance has been doing since uh, February. Um, like everything else here in North America, um, as far as like the shutdown of uh, the Indies in the world of professional wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance is without question also not of the exception as to what's been going on on the wrestling scene. The National Wrestling Alliance... Um, had their last set of uh, tapings back in February, early March, I believe. And some of the things that they were doing, they were doing the um, <clears throat> Beyond the Square Circle, Beyond the Square Circle, which was their half-hour uh, event that they would do on YouTube. And um, they would give wrestlers and managers on the Indies a chance to come to the um, the Georgia Studios. And to have a match. And the fans would vote on where those wrestlers would go. Similar to Tough Enough. <clears throat> but only this time. It is the judges that would do the um, necessary um, judging. The judging, of course, would be done by the viewers. Uh, men and women who have wrestling podcasts. Wrestling fans. Those that would live stream on the shows to see what's happening. They would give their input on... Um, <clears throat> their favorite wrestler or wrestlers and um, see how far they would go in that competition to perhaps get a contract to be a active member 
in the National Wrestling Alliance. Now, <clears throat> I would have believed that this month they would have went on to start doing their Crockett Cup um, tag team tournament. Now, for those of you who are familiar or aren't familiar with the Crockett Cup tag team tournament, this was a tag team tournament that was to pay tribute to the legendary wrestling promoter, James Crockett. Jim Crockett, of course, was the owner of the uh, Mid-Atlantic and Georgia Championship Wrestling Promotions, along with um, so many others like uh, like the Briscoes and Ole Anderson and so forth and so forth. <clears throat> but uh, Jim Crockett was a legendary promoter down in... Um, you know, down in the South, and he was the base. He basically was the the office on the north, on the eastern side of the southeastern side of the United States. And the National Wrestling Alliance ran ran shows from Baltimore, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia. That was the block where they ran their shows, and also into Ohio. <clears throat> the and I think some parts of Tennessee. But needless to say, Jim Crockett was pretty much a big deal. So um, in the 80s, the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup was a tag tournament that um, took place um, in the National Wrestling Alliance during the heydays of Ric Flair and um, Dusty Rhodes and the Horsemen and the Midnight Express. And so forth, man. It was um, it was a really huge, huge deal. So now, some of the previous winners of the Crockett Cup, you know, were um, <clears throat> Sting and Lex Luger. I believe uh, Dusty Rhodes might have won it. I'll bring this up to you guys because I had to go up to Wikipedia to take a look at this. So, the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Tag Team Championship Tournament in the Cup. <clears throat> Simply known as the Crockett Cup was a tag team professional wrestling tournament first held in 1986 of April by the National Wrestling Alliance member Jim Crockett Promotions headed by Jim Crockett Jr. who hosted the Cup. Held the Cup in, his, in honor of his father, Jim Crockett Promotions, Founder Jim Crockett Sr. saw many tag teams from the National Wrestling Alliance um, territories um, coming in to compete. Now, this was three tournaments that they had in 86, 87, and 88. <clears throat> um, Crockett held the tournament again in 87 and 88 before JCP was sold to Ted Turner before the company um, switched over to the WCW. And then in 2017... With Classic Pro Wrestling, they held the Crockett Cup tournament in Kent, Virginia, which was not affiliated at the at the time with the NWA, with the current inception. And um, the last one, of course, was last year, which was at the um, which was announced at the seventieth um, anniversary show in twenty eighteen. Now the concept of the tournament went like this: it was a single elimination tag team tournament with. The prize of a million dollars given to the winner alongside a large trophy. 
The 86 and 87 tournament featured 24 teams while the 88 version had 22 competing. Each tournament was split over two shows and encompassing all three tournament matches, well, 23 tournament matches, as well as non-tournament matches. In 86, JCP held a show in the afternoon and the other in the evening, while in 87 and 88, the tournaments were spread out in two days. And when the show was done um, <clears throat> last year, the event was produced along with Ring of Honor, since the company has been under the helm of... Um, Billy uh, Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. So, to bring things up to speed, I'm going to give you the results from last year's tournament and the participants as well. So, we have Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer. They eliminated the boys, which was... um. Oh, what's my boys? What's my man's name? Um, my dude that do the peacock gimmick. Um, they won, which was um, the wild card. They were the ones who end up winning the uh, the first round of the tournament. Bandito and Flip Gordon defeated Guerrero Maya Jr. and Stuka Jr. Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer, the wild card, defeated the War Kings, Crimson and Jack Doan. The Briscoe Brothers defeated the Rock and Roll Express um, in their match. Villain Enterprises, Brody King and PCO defeated Satoshi Kojima and Yuji Nagata, who was representing New Japan at the time. <clears throat> we had a uh, singles match for the vacant women's championship after Jazz had to surrender the title. Allison K defeated Santana Garrett to become the NWA um, World Women's Champion. Um... Then we have, um, in the second round, in the semifinal, we had um, the wild card defeating Bandito and Flip Gordon. We had PCO defeating the um, Briscoe Brothers. We had a singles match for the National Championship, where Coca Banda defeated Willie Mack. PCO and Brody King defeated the wild card to become the NWA Tag Team Champions. Um, this is when they... Uh, <clears throat> Not only won the tag belts, but they also won the Crockett Cup at the time. And then in the main event, we seen Marty Skrull lose to Nick Aldis by submission for the NWA World Heavyweight title. And now that brings me up to what's going on in the NWA right now. So because the NWA <clears throat> is kind of on hiatus at the moment, and they're hoping to get back into um, operations as soon as the country gets back into doing things on a normal basis. Um, the National Wrestling Alliance, like I said, currently is not in operation. But however, if you want to become familiar with the National Wrestling Alliance, you can go to YouTube and you can look at all of the power episodes which was running from october of 2019 up until february so you have loads of content that you can watch you can even go to fight tv and you can um even order and watch the backlog of the nwa um pay-per-views hard times and of course you can see um some of the other matches that took place as well 
you will also be able to see the rematch between Cody and um, Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight title, um, which took place at the anniversary show. That was a pretty good match. You can take a look into that. Um, <clears throat> you can also see where um, Cole Cabana won the NWA national title and lost it to um, the current Aaron... Um, the Aaron doggone, I can't think of the man's name. Damian Sandow, right? The current, well, his name is Aaron Spears. Yeah, Aaron Spears. Yeah, there we go. Aaron Spears, the current NWA national champion. Uh, he beat Cole Cabana for that title, so you can see that match. You can also see some of the uh, matches for the NWA television championship. In fact, you can see um, the first champion, um, Ricky Starks. Um, defending his title um, against uh, some of the top wrestlers at the time. He went on a streak to uh, defend the title um, against some of the uh, the very best. And they set it up to where if you um, if the, the television champion were to win seven in a row, he would um, automatically, the champion would automatically get a shot at the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. So right now, the current TV champion as of um, this recording is um, Nikki Zicky Dice. Zicky Dice is the current champion right now. He beat Ricky Sparks, Ricky Starks for the title. Um, currently, the NWA Women's World's Champion is Thunder Rosa. She's currently the um, the World's Champion. She defeated um, Allison K to win the belt, and she may be now starting a feud with Melina. Melina's a big name that came back into the uh, wrestling scene. She came to the NWA. She's there now. Um, you'll find guys like the Question Mark, Trevor Murdoch. Um, you'll find Tim Storm there. Matt Cross, he's there. Ken Anderson is there. Um, ROH talent going back and forth. Uh, Dan Math is there. Homicide's there. Eddie Kingston is there. Um, the Pope is there. The um, Beer City Bruisers are there. Flip Gordon comes in every now and then. Scott Steiner was there. Um, so many different wrestlers are there. Um, my goodness, man. You just got a lot of folks. And then, of course, the Rock and Roll Express is there. Eli Drake and... Uh, James Storm are the NWA World Tag Team Champions. Uh, they have their relationship with ROH thanks to their connection with Marty Skrull. Um, you have so many um, things going on right there in the National Wrestling Alliance. But for your viewing pleasure, if you want to see last year's edition of the Crockett Cup, you can go to YouTube and you can watch this show in its entirety you can watch the build-up between uh nick aldis and uh marty Skrull, um leading into the match that they had at the crockett cup for the nwa heavyweight championship um i think that it's important for you to take a look at and to um see why this match took place and why there is such a significance as to what's going on here and what's going what the ramification was and is since um, last year's um, edition of the Crockett Cup. 
but I urge you guys to definitely go and take a look into that. Um, I'm gonna give you some uh, some facts, some actually some history. Pardon me for a second. Let me give you guys a little bit of history about the NWA. Actually, I'm gonna do. It's not even facts. I'm gonna do some. Did you know? Although many people tout Ron Simmons to be the first black world heavyweight champion holding the WCW world heavyweight title, Booker T holding the WCW world heavyweight title, and even um, Ron Simmons, I mean Ron the Truth Killings being a two-time NWA world heavyweight champion, did you know that Bobo Brazil was once touted and once had a brief holding of the NWA World Heavyweight title that he beat Buddy Rogers for the belt. But he returned, he relinquished the belt because he didn't want to win the title in uh, dubious means because the champion at the time, I believe it was uh, the nature boy Buddy Rogers, he had an injury and he did not want to win the title in such means like that. Also, that, um, Butch Reed had a pinfall victory over Ric Flair in Championship Wrestling from Florida on Florida TV. And it looked like um, Butch Reed was becoming close enough to becoming the NWA World Champion as well. Crazy rumor about who could have been the NWA World Champion at one point in time. It was stated that had Hulk Hogan not film Rocky Three, he could have held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Could you imagine a heel Hulk Hogan holding the 10 pounds of gold? He would have been the largest, he, he, he would have been the second largest man to hold the NWA championship. That first person who had that honor of being one of the bigger NWA world champions was, of course, Giant Baba. Also, the NWA world champion Ric Flair lost the NWA World Heavyweight title in the Dominican Republic. And many people know about that. But if not, then uh, I'll let you know it's Jack Ver um, Jack Verano, a Dominican wrestling superstar from the uh, early 80s. He beat Ric Flair for the title in DR, in Santo Domingo. And um, he held the championship for, I believe, two weeks. Between a week to two weeks. Ironically... He did not want to defend the title around the world to meet the requirement of defending the championship around the world. He was content on defending the title in the West Indies, including the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico. So, he had to relinquish the title. And of course, everybody knows about the famous title change with um, Kerry Von Erich defeating Ric Flair at the um, Texas Stadium at the Parade of Champions. As they paid tribute to um, <clears throat> David Von Erich, 
um, one of the older Von Erich brothers who passed away in Japan due to a stomach ulcer. Um, he beat Ric Flair for the championship, and that became a real big deal. They saw that uh, Kerry Von Erich would have been the, the the NWA's real equivalent to Hulk Hogan um, to carry that belt to the next decade, as they said. But because of um, personal vices and personal demons, Kerry Von Erich was not able to defend that title. So he lost the belt back to Flair. But then he went on to go and um, win the world-class title and feuded with Jerry Lawler for the uh, CWA uh, Unified World Heavyweight Championship, AWA um, World Heavyweight Championship title belt. And of course, like I mentioned before, um, Tatsumi Fujinami was nearly recognized as NWA World Champion, but because of the over-the-top rope disqualification rule, he did pin Flair for the title, did pin Flair in the match, but did not win the title due to the fact that he was the belt ruling was um, pretty messed up. On one hand, it was an IWGP NWA double title match, but Ric Flair was still the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. At the time, technically speaking, although physically not having two belts, Ric Flair was the last NWA World Champion, and he was the first ever WCW World Champion, but represented both those belts, both those companies with the same belt. So although Flair did lose the title, um, the belt was contested under NWA rules. Tatsumi Fujinami won the title, won the match, but was not recognized as the NWA world champion because he was tossed out over the rope. He tossed Flair over the ropes, and that was an automatic disqualification. And not only that, there was confusion because... They weren't sure which belt was it for, even though, like I said, the belt was representing two companies at the time. It was uh, representing both the NWA and the WCW championships. Confusing, right? But you can see that match, too, on the uh, the New Japan site. Also, let's see here. Another interesting tidbit with the NWA world title. Of course, many of you know about the infamous NWA world title tournament that took place at the ECW arena where Shane Douglas defeated two cold Scorpio to become the NWA world heavyweight champion. And he took the belt and he threw it down to the ground and declared himself the ECW world's heavyweight champion. And although they still recognize Douglas as the champ, they stripped him of the title. Then they created another tournament but they did it in the Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and Chris Candido ended up becoming the champion. And then there was a point to where, after when Candido lost the title, the belt came to Dan Severin, and Dan Severin brought the NWA World's title into the WWE right before and during the advent of the Attitude Era. So the WWE had the NWA Championship in their control for some time. But, needless to say, back to the Crockett Cup, 
there was supposed to be a Crockett Cup this year, but of course, because of COVID-19, the uh, tournament's not taking place. But what you can do is you can go to YouTube and you can watch the full event, the full event, even the build-up to the full event of the Crockett Cup. You can watch that, and then, of course, you can um, enjoy the match with Skrull and Nick Aldis as uh, Aldis defends the World Heavyweight Championship in this match against Marty. Now, at this time, Nick Aldis is the current reigning and defending two-time National Wrestling Alliance Heavyweight Champion of the World, and... Uh, <clears throat> Marty Skrull is the head of creative or basically the booker for Ring of Honor Pro Wrestling. And uh, they were also supposed to set up a match between them two this year as well. Where um, Marty set the stipulation that if he was able to beat Nick Aldis, he would become the champion. But if Nick Aldis successfully retains the title that he would personally write a check for twenty thousand dollars and to give it to nick aldis so i urge you guys to go up to the website and check that out and look at it and um let us know what you think also um i want to send a condolences to the family of howard finkel for his untimely passing this past week um as many of you know Howard Finkel was the voice of professional wrestling for many wrestling fans here in the Northeast. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what walk of life that you walk or where you're gone. When you tuned into pro wrestling, you heard Howard Finkel. And Howard Finkel is going to be missed. He's going to be missed sorely. We thank you, Howard, for the years of uh, great, great, great um, emotional highs over the years. We thank you for your dedicated work to help take professional wrestling on a national scale with your work in the WWF, WWE. We thank you for everything that you've done, and you will surely be missed. I tend to say that um, heaven, this arena, has um, their ring announcer now. And that's Howard Finkel. He's going to be missed. So I thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to um, this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. Um, I will come back and give you guys more action, more history of the National Wrestling Alliance as well. And um, going forward, we'll do everything that we can to just keep bringing the entertainment to you guys. Um, this is Mark Knight signing off, and I will see you guys later.